Hey guys, and welcome back for another episode of Are You There, God? It's me, Autism Mom. I'm your host, Alex Cormier, and I'll be chatting with you today. Um, the title of today's episode is The Weight That You Carry. There's been a lot of stuff in my mind this week that I kind of want to get off my chest, and I think this is the best way to do it, so... I, um, I go through my life and I talk to a lot of other autism moms or moms who could possibly have an autistic child, like they're in that gray area. And I recognize that I'm kind of in that gray area again, that I used to be in. And we all kind of fall into it sometimes. It's hard to see and it's unpredictable. And frankly, I can get super frustrated, like some days. I have two sons, um... Emmett was diagnosed, if you don't know, with autism at three and a half. And now I'm here with Sam, who just turned three, and he has an assessment in 11 months. He'll, it'll, his assessment will be done when he's four, which is already frustrating enough, but that's another podcast. Wait lists are a bitch, and if you haven't been through this process, you have no idea, but if you do, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, this time has been different for me. I kind of feel guilty about it. Um, I'm scared, and but the one thing I want to make it clear is that I'm not really scared of autism. I'm not scared of having two kids on the spectrum. Even though the idea is overwhelming, I'm not going to lie to anybody about that. Thinking about the future a lot can get to you, and sometimes you do have to kind of put it aside and be prepared all at once. Why wasn't I scared last time? I think it's because fear is easy, And I'm not sure this time why it seems to kind of creep in easier, but I think it's because I've been the mom of one autistic kid, but not two. And I think the guilt is because with M, I truly was light about it. Like, approaching it, I was excited, and this time I'm I'm okay, but I'm not excited. It's not a sadness for me. It's just been a lot this past year. Just so much different things happening, and I don't feel like it's another bomb that's gone off because I kind of have my ideas about it, but I still think it's kind of everything that comes with it. It's not really autism. It's not like, oh God, I don't want a kid with autism. It's, oh my goodness, we're going to have services again, people in and out, office appointments, therapy. That stuff stresses me out, the thought of going through all that. And I will do it because... You do that shit for your kids, and you're fine, and you stay strong during, and it's wonderful, and you get can meet a lot of fantastic people throughout, but the thought of it is stressful. I'm not going to lie about that to anybody. Transitions alone. Mind you, Sam is different with transitions, and that's where I'm kind of getting to. Because you know why deep down I think that I'm scared? Because Sam is Sam, and he's his own little being. And this road is a new one for me. It's already been proven that many ideas that I used with Emmett and different things to help with communication and cognitive skills do not work for Sam. And it's not because Sam is harder or easier. It's because Sam is Sam. Sam is his own person. Emmett and Sam are two entirely different human beings on the earth. And I felt like I would be prepared... Like when Sam was a baby and I thought about it, I'm like, oh, I'll be prepared because I went through this with Emmett. Oh, God. Yeah, you don't do that either. You don't do that with neurotypical children where you're like, oh, they're going to be the same because it usually kind of (laughs) backfires because every single kid, whether you have two or ten, 
they're going to be different. They're going to be exactly who they are, which is fantastic. And it's a big message of what I'm about. These kids are two different personalities. The way they carry themselves is different. I've talked a lot with newbie autism moms and moms who are kind of in that gray area, like I said. And right now, I'm in that with my second. So what have I said to them? What do I say to myself? Because I seem to pull out real easy when I have to talk to them and kind of be like, it's going to be fine, it's going to be great, and this is what you kind of expect when this is all true. It is going to be fine and going to be great. And these are the services you're going to get. But what about you? What about you in the midst of it? How are you going to do it? Because every person's different. Because the way I talk to these moms is the way I should voice to myself. Kind of like, remember that you were born, you were born to be these kids' mom. I was born to be Emmett and Sam's mom. They were born for me, for sure. But I was born and created to be just what they need. And this weight that I carry that feels heavier sometimes, I need to recognize that I'm doing okay. And that no one else could do this but me because I am Em and Sam's mom. Same as if you were Jacob's mom or Cecil's mom or whomever. I'm just pulling names out of a hat here. Of course, I said poppies because it's like the full frontal of my brain. And I've repeated this several times to myself. I've been doing it a lot lately, saying, no one else but you was built by God to be Em and Sam's mom. No one else was meant to be mama to them. So own that and recognize that you were built and made for this even as hard as it gets. Because in parents in general, we always worry and we always think we're not good enough. And then there's that extra layer as a special needs parent that you really think you're not good enough. I know the road ahead may carry another diagnosis, more therapy, new faces, strategy, pivotal pivotal response training, the whole bit. You know what I'm talking about if you've been through it. But damn it, I've gotten this far and I've gotten to this point. I could do it again. Because if I could do that and be strong and stay strong and get through it and be better at the end of it, I can certainly do it again for my second kid. I can certainly do it again for a son that I love just as much as my first. When we think of every change that has been in our lives, we have a pretty good track record getting through it because we're here, aren't we? I think of all the shit that's happened in my life and I'm like, God, it was bad. But I'm here and I'm living and I'm surviving. So I can keep going. I can keep doing this. I'm not who I was five years ago. I'm not who I was ten years ago. And it's all because of these changes that seem like a pain in the ass, but they help us grow. And they help us learn. Do I know everything now? No. I've still got a lot to learn. But that's what we do. We learn. We keep educating ourselves to do better for ourselves, for our kids, and for everyone who needs a voice. What does the future hold? I can tell you this. There's like a lot of stuff that I can't tell you, but I can tell you these things. Two sons who are loved beyond words. I have two kids that love to be hugged, who are allowed to be entirely themselves, and I know this. There's a lot of screw-ups when you're a mother, and there's a lot of things that you might be faulty on, but letting my kids be themselves is not one of them, I can assure you. And they're going to be two young men someday who will probably do things a little different, but if it doesn't mean that they won't get shit done, they'll be able to... Sorry, it's going to happen, it's a cry day. They're going to be fine, whether Sammy has a diagnosis or not, Emmett is going to be fine. 
It doesn't mean that they're not going to go through their own things, but this is what I'm saying to you. We as their parents and as humans have gone through these changes and challenges in our life, and we got here and we got a pretty good track record. It's going to be the same for our kids. It doesn't mean it doesn't kill us inside that certain things are harder. The fact that it take take longer for certain things doesn't mean that that doesn't sting sometimes because you're hurting because they're struggling. But they're going to make it to the end of that struggle is what I'm saying. If we've made it through all the stuff we've been through, even though they have a whole other world, Emmett has a whole other world of struggles that I may have not had, it doesn't mean, God damn it, that I will not be the biggest support system that I can and that he doesn't have that. And it's the same as if that's what Sammy's future will be. There'll be two entirely different futures, because what I'm saying to you is they're two entirely different people. Like, it's really, they're black and white, man. Like, they're two totally different kids, people, and they'll be two totally different grown-ups. What don't I carry? Because I'm kind of talking about this weight that we carry and kind of rambling, and I want to kind of, I don't want this to be too long today because I have stuff to do. But what don't I carry? I don't carry the expectations of this big rush the race world. Everybody's rushing and trying to get shit done. And it's like, can you just slow down? Slow down. Enjoy your children. Childhood is the shortest season. Stop being in such a damn rush because everybody's doing it. And it's maybe not everybody, but 90% of you, I'm in this mother world, and I'm like, why are you rushing it? Why do you feel like there's an expiration date for how your kid holds her utensil and colors in a coloring book? Because I'm telling you, Sam's still not doing it, and I know kids who are six and still don't know how to hold a crayon. I'm not belittling them. I'm saying that I don't think that there needs to be this red marker where you need to be to actually for your kids to be considered, like, on par. As much as I think certain things are important... I think certain things can be pushed to the side for a minute because I think being kind, being good, and just different things like that are much more important. I don't worry about my kids being a little different. They've already proven that they both are no matter what because I've never been a follower myself. I've always floated with my own damn boat and it looks like they've taken paddles and taken their own boats and they're not getting on with anybody else and that's fine with me because... If you ask people who knew me growing up, especially my mother, if all the kids at school had, I don't know, they all wore red sweaters, I'd be like, yeah, I want a black sweater. Like, I never wanted to be, I never wanted, I might have went through a couple of months in junior high where I was like to fit in, but it kind of vanished very quickly. It didn't last long. I love that they know that they are loved, and you just know that they do by the way they look at you, and I love that they know, I know that they no love. People always say, like, do you know? I know. Love is not something that needs to be spoken. Love has no words. Love is a feeling, and you can see it in their eyes. And that, especially as Emmett gets older, he can express himself, obviously, a little bit more, but I love that he's grown from where he started. But the feeling is the exact same it, re- it resonates the same as when he couldn't speak to when he could speak. It's exactly the same. I'm going to close this out now for this week's episode, but I want to leave you with a few things. For those of you who might be under stress, I want you to learn ways to manage your stress because stress isn't good for our health. We already got a lot going on, and our kids can sense it when we're gone, and I'm totally guilty of it. I have days where I can tell the boys can tell I'm off, and that's fine. We can have those days, but don't live there. 
don't live there because it's affecting your life. It might be affecting relationships you have. It might be affecting your mothering. And it doesn't mean we need to be perfect mothers, but learn ways for yourself, for your heart, for your blood pressure, for God's sake, to manage your stress. For me, it's dancing. For me, it's music. If I feel something going on, I will throw on a playlist on YouTube and go at her. Remember to always educate yourself. Remember, you're always a lifelong learner. Read a lot. Talk to people. If you are somebody whose kid is newly diagnosed, don't overwhelm yourself with information, but certainly pick a couple of people you want to talk to. People that you know are going to give you information that's not... I dare say it, but some people... When Emmett was diagnosed, it was like, well, take out gluten and take out this. And it's like, that's not what I want. I want you to tell me, like, all these really realistic things that I consider realistic. There are a few people I can say that when I was in the beginning of my journey that really helped, and that is Kim, and that is Bertha. I went to Holy Angels with Kim, and I met Bertha. I God love you, Bertha. I forget exactly how we met, but I think it was on the autism mom support page for Cape Breton, but I could be wrong. But they were like my two people. And they're still like my people that if I ever think of things and if I ever, they're just good people anyways, but they were like my people that I ran to when everything happened, because I will never lie to you. Like I say, I won't lie to anybody about this stuff. I did not know what autism was until I was in college. How ignorant is that? I had no idea. I knew that certain kids, I would say, and I'll use the term and I might get in trouble, but my, I would be described, some, my grandparents and that would say, oh, they're challenged, things like that. But no one ever explained to me details of any of that stuff. And that was just growing up. That's growing up in a small town with your grandparents and your parents and that. But it's not really, it wasn't really explained to me. It wasn't until I was in college and learning about neurodiversity and all this other thing that I learned. And I'm so glad that I did and that I continue to learn. I want you to affirm to yourself that you are their mom and there is no other person. If you are, I'm going to use Poppy's name again, but if you are Cecil's mother, you were born to be Cecil's mother. And that's how it is. Don't feel like you're not up for the job because the job was built for you. And lastly, know that a diagnosis isn't the whole pie chart of your kid. If you put a big pie chart like on a blackboard, I'm thinking blackboard, but they don't have them anymore. That's how old I am. If you put a big blackboard up and you colored it in, the pie chart is literally going to be 90% of this and maybe 5% of the food they like and then this 5% that'll say autism. Autism is not the entire pie chart. It may affect everything else in little ways, but it is not the entire pie chart. Remember that. If your kid is getting diagnosed or was just diagnosed and that's all you can think about, remember all the other stuff that's wonderful about them. Autism isn't that bad. And autism isn't a sentence. Think of all these other wonderful qualities that they have that make up most of who they are. That's just one of the qualities. So I'm going to end this now. Remember to be kind, be a lifelong learner, and always speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. And I will chat with you next week. If you want any more information or if you want to stay updated, you can go to my Facebook page, Alex Cormier, author and autism mama. Take care, and I hope you have a great week.